everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fry Dates with the Wife. In these episodes, my wife and I offer an entrepreneurial couple's perspective on living a more fulfilling and meaningful life. We share our little humble opinions and hopefully make you laugh as we navigate the ups and downs of being entrepreneurs and parents. And speaking of fulfillment, if you want to hire me as your coach, head over to robshowcoach.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on the call to see if we are a good fit to help you create and design your dream life and business. That's robshowcoach.com. Before we get into today's Friday episode, our next Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind event will be in Dubai and Abu Dhabi for the F1 race on November 16th to the 19th. These trips are designed to get you out of your day-to-day around some amazing entrepreneurs and provide bucket list experiences that will have you coming home re-energized to grow your business and bring your life to a whole new level. Head over to workhardplayhardexperience.com and fill out an application. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly Hausaguchi, Murgatroyd, how are you on this beautiful Friday? Oh, I am just ducky. I am ducky. Have you, have you watched The House of Gucci yet? No, but we did rent it yesterday and then realized we didn't have time to watch it. So hopefully we get that three-hour monster knocked out today. We will get it knocked out today. But that is not why we are gathered here today. We are gathered here today to talk about travel. Travel is starting to open up. The pandemic is starting to go away. People are lifting their bans and the world is starting to move again. So we thought we would talk a little bit about travel and the way we do it, I think is uh, is different and unique from how a lot of people do it. So if you are interested in travel or you have aspirations around it, this is gonna be a great episode for you. If you are um, someone that has absolutely no interest in travel, then you should not subscribe to this podcast, I don't think. But tell me about you. <laughs> that was funny. So- You know, when you and I got together, the one thing that we really had in common was our love of travel, right? You always say that people need, their natures need to be aligned. And I know I couldn't be with someone who didn't want to travel and you, same, same, Mm -hmm. same. Yeah, that was the first wife. Go ahead. (laughs) So what we did when we got together was we made kind of this pact almost to always be traveling. And a lot of times I remember when we were living in Atlanta, we would have friends with really big houses and pools and crazy landscaping and 17 cars and you know this, this big daily life. And we lived very much under our means. And we would get comments about it. Like, why do you guys not do this? Why don't you have that or whatever? And the reason was because we chose to take that same money and go to Europe for a month in the summer or do a couple of trips a year. And that's where we chose to put our discretionary income was in travel. And that really hasn't changed. I mean, it's not such a shocker 
that with that much of a, I mean, we had a company based around travel called Jet Set Life, where we traveled to 20 destinations around the world and wrote guidebooks. Like we were obsessed with travel. So one, we needed to have the income to do it. But the other part is we needed to be able to do it in a smart way where we would get the most bang for our buck, but not necessarily on a shoestring budget. All right, so let's get right into it. What is one of the tips that you can think of for somebody that is perhaps just starting out um, to, you know, say that they're, let's say they, you know, I want to I wanna go visit XYZ place. It's going to be $5,000. I don't have that much money. Yeah, there's a lot of people that um, will actually reach out like, someday I hope I get to Italy. And we've actually helped a couple of our friends with our strategy. So what Rob and I did is when we got together, we said, we're going to, open a bank account and we went to the bank and we literally titled the bank account travel. And every week we put X number of dollars in it. It could be $20. It could be $100. It sort of depends on your budget. But if you think about the things in your life that you're currently purchasing that you really don't need, like when I was living in the States, I'd go to Target and before I knew it, it was over $200 at checkout and I went in for like lip lip gloss. You know, there are things you're buying that you don't have to have. You could easily reallocate 25, 50, maybe a hundred bucks a week and put it into a travel account. And at the end of the year, you would have three, four, five thousand dollars saved in that travel account ready to go. So that was one strategy. We we had our travel account. Every week we put money into it and we allocated that money. We earmarked it specifically for travel. The other thing that we did is we found a credit card that had really great travel points. And so we could rack up points in our daily purchases, our business purchases, and then we save those points. You know, you can use points for a lot of things. You can use them for a meal. You can use them to pay down your bill often. We saved up those points for airfare. And so we would have our travel bank account. We would have our points with our airfare. And maybe the points didn't give us enough for two tickets, but it covered one. So it would minimize the expenses. I'm going back 15 years. Like this is how we started out with our travel budget and um, and creating it. So when we would take these trips and we'd go to Greece for two weeks, people are like, oh my God, must be nice. And I'm like, no, no, no. We've been literally planning for this. <laughs> so we can go every year. We put things in place to go every single year and never miss it because it made such a positive impact on our life, our relationship, and we were committed. All right, so let's give him another tip. Well, first of all, we started doing trips where we went for one week. And then we said, would be able would we be able to do two weeks? And then the next year we pushed it to two. And then would we be able to do it to three? And then we were stalled at three weeks for, you know, many, many years. And then we're like, well, could we do it for a month? So we slowly stair-stepped our way out of the typical American seven-day vacation and moved it into a two-week vacation. And what happened was was we had to figure out from a business standpoint how we can be away from in that during that time was our brick and mortar uh, thing and that moved us more into doing things online etc. So you had to like reverse engineer. So once it's a priority where you like this is the priority I want to travel, then you start reverse engineering the how on how to do it. But one of the things that we did was I remember this distinctly. Um, Kim would take uh, the cash and she would divide it like you. Well, like I would. She would divide it. Well, no, no, no. They don't she, know where the cash. Di- they don't know where the cash came from. So we'd have the money, right? The five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars, whatever we saved. 
I would go to the bank. I would, early years, I would do traveler's checks, but then later I would just get euros or whatever currency we were in. And I would convert all of that money to the currency we were going to. And that then I would do it in the envelope. So go ahead, take the envelopes. So basically what would happen is the cash would then be divided into multiple envelopes. So if we were going for four weeks, there would be four different envelopes. And she, you know, like the best way I can describe it is I remember my Aunt Nettie would be like 90, you know, 93 years old sitting at a wedding, at an Italian wedding. And, and all, all the people would come with cash and she'd sit there with this little, you know, purse and she'd, she'd hold it for the bride and groom. And, you know, she probably stuck it in her bra, you know, so nobody got <laughs> it. And that that's what my wife was like, you know, on these trips. She had, you know, she had these envelopes that were separated by cash. And when we were in Greece for a month, she would pull the envelope and she'd look at me and she'd say, this has got to last you all week. You know, she'd give me $20 and say, this has got to last until <laughs> Friday, you know? And um, we got really super crafty about it. And if you stick to it, I mean, there were times when we were in places that are crazy expensive, like the South of France. I remember we were in- Oh San my God, I'm literally having the same story replay in my brain right now. Yeah, I'm li we're literally in the South of France and it's very easy to get sucked up into, you know, $50 cocktails, right? Because it's kind of what it is. And this is years ago. Um, before you know it, that little envelope that you have is now empty and it's Monday afternoon and you were given it Monday morning, right? So- um, we had to, you know, when we looked at it, it wasn't quite empty, but we'd look at it and go, okay, you know, it's 200 bucks left and we got six more days. How are we going to do it? Well, we learned that the word for um, ham is jambon in French. And, <laughs> I'm sure uh, it said nicer than that. And but. cheese is fromage. And so we found jambon and cheese sandwiches. And then that became our mantra you know, um, when we would overspend, it became, okay, it's time for some jambone. And so we had to learn um, that we were picking and choosing our battles. You know, Monday, we're gonna go to Nikki Beach and San Tropez and it's not gonna be cheap, but Tuesday, we're not. And Wednesday, we're probably not either. And it's gonna be a local hole in the wall, $50 dinner, um, and we're going to get, you know, a five euro bottle of wine and we're going to drink. Well, this is, listen, this is what oh we were God, doing. Oh my God, this is, I, I almost can't drink rosé anymore because of we, this one trip. We went out to the equivalent of French Sam's Club and <laughs> we bought a case of rosé that, um, we was so fluorescent pink, we but we figured, but we figured we're in the French Riviera. They make it here. It has to be good. And it was it like was, the first three it bottles. Was, it was five dollars good. And so <laughs> we we would go. We we would Two bus truck. We would try and walk into the hotel with a case of wine, but not be spotted. But we knew we were spotted. But there wasn't anything that. Do you could remember really, what we told them? No. I remember we were sitting at the pool because, you know, you're not supposed to like bring your own wine. So we're sitting at the pool and we said, you know, would you mind getting us a bucket of ice? We just went to a winery and we bought some really amazing wine that we'd love to just have a glass of by the pool. And they didn't love it, but they were willing to do it. And our winery, of course, was uh, Sam's, Sam's Club. Club. <laughs> Sam's Club. And so we had it and... 
you know, the waitress would walk around all day. Can I get you anything? Can I get you anything? No, we're, we're good. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're getting high. Our glasses are always full because I'm going back into the room, <laughs> filling it back up. It was like uh, the Griswold's vacation in, in Saint-Tropez, right? <laughs> um, you got to do what you got to do. But listen, we have amazing stories from it. And, and those are some of our best times. Those are some of the best times. So picking and choosing battles. So separating the envelopes into cash really, really makes a difference. What What's, uh, what's another good travel tip for well, you? Well, so that was that period of life where we still had our brick and mortar business and we were taking that you know week to four weeks in the summer. But once we sold that brick and mortar business and you had eyes on moving to California, I begged you to do four months in Europe. Well, how the hell do you do four months in Europe, right? And what we realized quickly is that we can't do four months in hotels in Europe because that's not that's going to be just cost prohibitive. And to honest, go. honestly, you wouldn't want to. And you wouldn't because want it's, to because it's there. I mean, I, you, of course, you can get the royal suite, but they're just not that big. No, and so to to truly live and experience. So what we did every day, and we're about to do this again for this upcoming summer. We put a giant sticky on the wall and we brainstormed where would we love to go. And we went everywhere for at least two weeks. We went to, uh, we threw up some random stuff. I remember sitting there and we had all these destinations and I was like looking at countries on the map and I went, hey, Rob, what about Montenegro? He was like, what? And I knew we needed to balance, again, Mykonos, which is gonna be expensive regardless, with other things like Montenegro. But we were in this to explore and to really check out. So we had all these destinations and we started looking for rentals for Airbnbs or using VRBO. And we ended up finding some really incredible, unique things. Like we went to Montenegro, like I mentioned, and I knew that Rob had done his uh, work hard, play hard French Riviera mastermind in June. We at, Right after that, so it's like crazy being shot out of a cannon. Right after that, we went to Greece. We went to Mykonos, which is a little calmer, but still like a cannon. I knew that our bank account and our brains were going to need a break. So we balanced that with Montenegro. And we ended up renting a yoga studio high up in the hill that was also a house. It was a house with a yoga platform on top on Couture Bay, which is stunning. And the views are crazy. And we ended up staying there for like three weeks. And that gave us financially a respite. It gave our brains a respite. It allowed us to get creative again and start brainstorming new ideas and new businesses. And then from there, we went on to Italy. Uh, well, Croatia and then Italy. And we spent the majority, the bulk of our time in Italy, of course, um, which is what inspired us to move here. But we, and we really shifted gears and were very specific about how we went. Now, this being said, that four-month trip was a little bit different because we weren't paying for a house back in the US. We had packed all our stuff up and it was in storage and we didn't have a house, we didn't have an apartment, nothing. And we just left. So we definitely had more income to play with. But I think the balance of destinations is important and the balance of hotels versus Airbnbs. But I will say, at the end of that four months, do you remember what we did? No. We went to Lake Como to the Mandarin Oriental. 
and got- Oh my God, the, the shower. We took a shower. <laughs> I felt like I'd been camping for like, forever. The, I forgot how much I loved the hotels. Bed, the bed was like falling into angels. Oh my God. <laughs> I felt like I got out of prison. <laughs> That's what but it was. when we were, but but when we were in it, we loved it because we came from Florence, which we had a great rooftop place. But you know, the bed wasn't the most comfortable thing in the world. But when you go and you're in Airbnbs and you're just like you're you're dealing with the the door not closing all the way and like those kinds of things, and then you step into the Mandarin Oriental and like Como. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it was it insane. was unreal. But the point is that you have to balance things. So in this upcoming year. Uh, we live in Florence, Italy now. It's very hot in the summer. So we are going to take July and August and we are going to travel. July, we're going to do, I think, the warmer areas. And then August, because August is kind of crazy everywhere in the Mediterranean, I think we're going to go north. And that is another way we're going to kind of balance out both. And we're going to mostly do Airbnbs and all of that. So that's kind of, again, we're using that same savings formula, that same cash formula, and that same balancing out formula of a, a little bit of jambone and a little bit of other things too. All right. And the last tip we're going to give you is on how not to get divorced. So people think my wife and I are, are identical. We are not. We are completely opposite. different and opposite. We have similar interests. We both love to travel. We both love to, I mean, you get- We the, love food. We love wine. We love, we love comedy. It, we love Italy. We, we have love, enough in common where we're married, but we're very different people. Extremely <laughs> different people. And so when you are married and you want to take a vacation, I don't care if it's one day or if it's one month, um, you're going to probably run into different um desires and different interests in how you travel. So um, for me, I enjoy um, the Southern European beaches. So um, the Greek islands, the French, uh, the uh, the South of France, the South of Spain, the South of Italy. The South of anything. The South of anything. I love a linen shirt and a Negroni with a sunset and you get the idea, right? Like that's my thing. Um, and I like certainty. I like predictability. I don't want to pick my shit up and have to move it. I, I want to make friends with the people that are around me. In fact, I could probably stay there from the day that the season opens until the day the season closes. My wife enjoys it when she's there, but is uh, inspired and driven for variety in a big way. So if I said, hey, let's go to Somalia, she'd be like, I hear it's nice this time of year. Let's go check it out and see what it's all about. She is open and down for anything related to variety. One, two, I, I don't know if that was one, but I made it one. <laughs> I enjoy warm sun. Did I say warm and sun? She wants me- And he me, doesn't like bugs. I hate bugs. She wants me to go to the Northern Lights. And I know we've asked this question on social. And so if you're a regular listener, you could, you may very well be have one of the people that said, hey, go to the Northern Lights. The idea of, I don't even know where the fuck it is, but the idea of going out- It's basically the Arctic Circle. The idea of going <laughs> North, being cold, in a yurt and waking up <laughs> at 4 a.m. to look at some fakakta the purple stream in the sky as compared to sitting my 
prissy ass in a beach in Sardinia is just not fucking exciting for me. So, but when you're there in force, you makes, will absolutely love it and you will talk about it for the rest of your life. It makes a memory. So, what we have done is we have agreed that we've agreed. Not, I wouldn't even say agreed to disagree because we don't disagree. No, we don't disagree. We just have different interests. Yeah. So we have agreed to put that, both of our interests into our summer trip. And the way that we're doing that in this case, and you can apply this however however is relevant for your situation, is we've agreed that I get the month of July, which means exactly what I just described to you, and she gets the month of August. And he's what, terrified. What she wants to do is she wants. I'm talking about it like she's not here. Um, what she wants to do is she wants to go. North, she wants to go into places like Finland and Sweden and Copenhagen. And not that I have anything against it, but I'm comparing it to enjoying the beaches in the summer. Because for me, when I think about summer, I think about a white linen t-shirt with a, a tan and a cocktail. I don't think about- A parka and- uh, I don't even know what to say because I don't know anything about Sweden or or I don't know any of that. I don't think about colds. I don't think about cities. I don't think about, I, I it's not what I think but about. But I also want to take you to the lakes and the mountains in Switzerland. Okay, have you ever seen me in a mountain house? You should- you Yes, should actually. You should find the Google, you should Google me trying to kill a moth that came into some mountain house that I was in. I don't- And he left the next day. Yeah, I'm not built <laughs> for that kind of- um, must musty nature? environments. Nature. Yeah, I'm not, it's not for me. I feel, I feel claustrophobic in nature, okay? <laughs> I feel like the trees are closing in on me. I don't, I, I don't like it. I mean, you the need sound- the expanse of the ocean. Maybe if I had the sound of music and I was going through the oh Switzerland thing. Oh my God, I'm thing. so making a, 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 a TikTok this summer of you running like Heidi through the through uh, the fields in yeah, Switzerland. I'll put, I'll put my pigtails on and and I'll wear the dress. It'll oh be my a, god! It'll be amazing. But the point the point is that you have to identify what it is that you're interested in. Your spouse is interested, and in. don't make the other one wrong. Even though Kim is wrong for what she wants to do, don't make her wrong for it. At least to her face, right? Do it do it privately. One last tip before we go. Um, let's see. I feel like the tip would be, I think the biggest thing that has really helped us is two, okay, two things. Number one, if you only have a very limited amount of time, do not try to pack so much shit into it because you're not going to enjoy it. When I see someone who has a seven-day vacation and they're going to six of the 10 million Greek islands because they need to see it all because it might, they might not ever get back, I would put more energy and effort into how can you get back every year and just explore one, like maybe two, but I I wouldn't because there's a difference between touring and a vacation and a holiday as the Europeans say. So I think that would be my first tip. Go ahead, Rob. Well, I was gonna say that, you know, um, the it's interesting because when you think of people who work nine to five, why do they work nine to five? They work nine to five because somebody did an arbitrary thing. We start work at 8.59 and you leave at 4.59. It makes sort of no sense, but it does. Same thing with the American vacation. Like we've come up with this like seven day thing. You take a week and that's all you get. Or maybe, you know, maybe 10 days or something, but that's really it. If if there's a way that you can expand that 
definition of the length of time that a vacation is. I really think that it would serve you in the way that you're describing now with, you know, it's Tuesday, so it must be Paris. Wednesday, it must be Pisa. You know, like you can't, like that's not, that's exhausting. That's exhausting. And it's, it's not, you're not recharging. You're not stepping out into a new environment that is stimulating you're to you. You're not even absorbing the environment around you. It's just passing by. First of all, it takes three or four days for your body to relax and get into the vacation. And then you're packing up and going home. So try to extend it as best as you can. If not, I highly recommend choosing one place and and really exploring and really getting into the local culture. That's the first thing. Second thing is, if you are blessed enough to be able to go to multiple places over multiple weeks, get a giant sticky they sell them on Amazon, and stick it to the wall and brainstorm where you would really love to go. Open a map, Google, find destinations, go on TikTok. People post all these random places. And that's what's so inspiring. So you're talking about us going north this summer. That's where I'm finding. I'm not choosing big cities to go to. Uh, probably to Rob's dismay. Right. So I've always wanted to go to a small town in Dansk. You know what I mean? Like that just sounds so amazing. But what, but for example- I know you're going to have me speaking Tagalog before it's going to be like- (laughs) Oh my God. So for example, Alsace, I have been watching TikToks and Googling and researching this little tiny region of France. And- I want to go so badly to this tiny little place. And so we're going to put a sticky up and we're going to throw that up on there. She's going to throw that up on there. Go ahead. I'm going to throw it up on. Well, August is my month. I understand. Yes. So we're, I'm going to put it up on there. And I'm, my point is do the work and take the time. Don't just say we're doing Paris, London, Rome. Like, where else could you possibly go that is going to be so much more interesting than just the big city? Can you go outside just a little bit? And maybe it's a day trip. Maybe it's a a two-day trip. I don't know. But throw up some different unique locations because I can tell you, when we did this four-month trip and we did this French Riviera, we did Mykonos, we did Montenegro, Croatia, and Italy. Rob, where are... Are, what are the what is the number one in that four months that we talk about the most? Well, reluctantly, I have to answer Montenegro. But, exactly, but it, it is you know it, it was a there was a series of comedies of errors that I had to overcome. My you know th- there's only so much out of the box stuff I really want. Right, but to then do. I took you right back to Italy after that. But that's the one that we talk about. So the your most. point is to sprinkle it in. My point is to. Get creative with your travel. Don't just go to the same places that you, you know, the big cities, the obvious ones. Go somewhere else. Try something new. Put something weird on your on your schedule because you will see that when you overcome, you will have obstacles. You will have a comedy of errors, but they will make you stronger. They will make the most memories and they will make a lasting impression. So 
Get creative with your travel would be my last trip, my Uh, last tip. There you have it, everybody. Hope that helps. And I hope you, you know what? If you are making um, some plans for the summer, I'd love to know more about where you're going. So send us a message on socials. I'm at Rob Murgatroyd and she's at Kim Murgatroyd. Are you Kimberly or Kim? Kim. Kim, at Kim Murgatroyd. Um, Shoot us a message and let us know where your 2020 uh, travels are taking you. See you next week. Bye-bye. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 